Hey everyone, Dave and Jeff, second podcast of the week. My voice is not very strong at all. I don't know if it ever was very strong. I don't think strong. my ears are good. Goddamn, Huey Lewis is no. like, take it easy over there. That was a little Kenny, Kenny Chesney for you. Oh, there we go. Uh, it's a bad night. I'm not going to lie. We've worked through a lot on this show. Uh, everybody's been supportive. And Dave, I, I tell you, there was a part of me I didn't even want to be here today. Oh yeah, what happened? Uh, so well, bad. I was driving home and I had Sirius on, yeah. Sirius XM. And do you know those assholes had the nerve to say that because Niall and Harry are doing so well with their solo careers, that it might be the end of One Direction. Is that right? And I, I was it. like, well, I know who Harry Styles is because he was on Rolling Stone looking like a complete fucking puss. <laughs> and I hated that cover for two weeks. Now, I don't know who Niall is. I have no idea. And I, I couldn't tell you any of the... I think the other guys in the band are Steve, Ben, and Darren. Yes. Those are the other guys that round out One Direction. And uh, But I thought, you know, yeah, that's a pretty fucking bold statement to say... <laughs> One Direction might be done because they're having some success with their solo career. Yeah. And I was pissed. Yes. I mean, I started honking the horn and, you know, giving the sideways fit. Side. Yeah. yeah. Shit. Hey, man, sorry if you were caught in the crossfire, but that deeply affected me. Yeah. I don't, yeah, I don't know their songs or their albums. Um, If they were. Walking through the the garage right now, would I know? Him? No. Yes. But do I want to know him? No. <laughs> Dave, I'm driving. Here's Girl. the deal. I got one word for these guys before they make a big mistake. Yeah, Lance Bass. Hanson. 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 That's it. I remember when I was working back in '97. Yeah. In Los Angeles, and the, I shared a, a building with Kiss FM 1027. Sure. And we had 11.50 a.m. Yeah. And for some reason, one Sunday morning, I could not get in the building. There's so many kids Showing in front up. of this building. I had no idea fucking Hanson was expected to be there. It was it was the craziest fucking thing. I mean, thousands and thousands of kids at 6 in the morning yeah. waiting to get a glimpse of Hanson. I think I told you when we worked at KFMB before we started, I think I was producing, um, the guys who sing, this is the story of a girl, you know, yes. something, something. Fuck them. Who cares? <laughs> you either know the song or you don't. They came in, and they, yeah. were, they were pretty into themselves. And I was like, you know, what's your name? How you guys yeah. doing? And we're uh, bloody nose or whatever the fuck they were called. <laughs> I'm like, ah. And I go, well, what do you sing? And they, they, it's always the thing, too. They were one of those bands where the title of the song has nothing to do with the chorus or the song you yeah. hear. So you're like, shit. But then you go and you're walking through the hallway and you hear it and you're like, oh, hey, man, I know that song. Yeah. But the guys who I met that were really pretty cool were the guys, um, Lifehouse. Yes. Hanging by a moment and you and me and all this. And I had a friend um, who had like a 14-year-old daughter and 11-year-old daughter at the time. Shit, they couldn't have been nicer, man. They signed CDs and were cool as hell. So, yeah, we used to see a bunch of people All of them come, would through. come through. It was funny when I, I did a thing the other night at my wife's work. It was uh, Friday. You were trying to call me, but yeah. one of the rules of this trivia night is no phones. So, oh, nice. But I could see you you calling, but I couldn't answer. So one of the, the questions that I got right, and I was okay. thinking of you because your kids love Train. Yeah, they okay. were great, too. And that's what I was going to say. Train came in. We're great. Yeah, okay, so the song, the the question was, what year did Drops of Jupiter come out? 
Oh, you know what? You're going to laugh at that. That's that's older than you would imagine. I got it right. I'm the only guy at the table that got it right. There are 10 people at our table or eight people at our table. Okay. And, and I, I got it. Do you know the answer? Well, I will guess because I can tell you we were at KFMB. Yes. I don't think people would have thought that that's that you're that far back. Um, and I'm trying to think if you and I were even on the air. We yet. were. I'll All right. So we were. I'm going to say 2000. 2001. Really? Pretty good guess, though. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I was saying to my wife. I go, Jeff and I were there, I remember, at KFMB. Yeah. And it's somewhere between 96 and 2002 yeah. that uh, they were in there. And anyway, it was 2001 is when it came out. Anyway, it was uh, one thing that I got right. I was like, how the hell did he get that? Well, it, it's funny because um, my kids, when they were very little, the story was Dave and I were Stern fans. Pat Monahan had been on Stern quite a yeah. bit. And so there was a sound stage on and I taped it my kids weren't even talking they were like 14 months but I put this concert on they were completely into it they would balance against my coffee table and bounce yeah. up and down they loved it and my mom came over to babysit one time and they held up a little wooden train to tell them they wanted train look at that and then shortly after that um Monahan and the guitar yeah. player came and did an acoustic set at the Clear Channel building. And we just had a brief five-minute conversation. And he goes, hey, what do you do? And I said, I do sports talk radio. And he goes, oh, man, how long are you on? And I go, uh, whatever we were doing, three or four at that time, four hours. And he he was, like, just genuinely interested Man, how do you do that every day? And I'm like, how do you do what you do? <laughs> and we just kind of chatted about uh, vocal stress as a singer versus a talk show. He's just really engaging yeah. guy, nice guy. Everyone so. always says he was a super good guy. One of their songs always stands out to me because one of the things we did in our career, a couple uh -huh. things happened in this short time also. Back in 2009, when we were asked to work for the Angels, yeah, and we were doing yeah, sports yeah. Talk, and it was Nick Hadenhart passed away. Sure, Angels pitcher in a car accident, and Jeff and I were asked to come in, and we did a bunch of shows with Angels. And I remember at that time also, you and I were talking a lot about Bryce Harper and yep. Strasburg and and different guys. The that, draft, the draft, Donovan yeah. Tate. <laughs> you asshole! You're an asshole. What are you gonna bring the bad part up for? Oh shit! Anyway, the the song that the Angels used for Nick Hadenhart, and they used it the whole season. They put this whole montage together. If you yeah. went to an Angel game back then. Was calling all angels. Yeah, and that was uh, that was a train song. He uh, he does a song that we saw him a couple of times, and he did it at House of Blues in San Diego, and he did it um, on a pachanga called "When I Look to the Sky," and he did it <clears throat> without the microphone. Yeah, like he just came to the end of the stage and just belted it out, like and you know, like everybody in the building heard it. Man, that's a song where if you've lost anybody close to you, you're like, whoa, really, really good. Yeah. Yeah, those guys were good. And then I don't know what happened with those guys. Like, everybody has kind of quit the band and they're coming in, um, they're coming in August with Hall and Oates. Okay. And, and you go, oh, okay, you know, that'd be kind of a fun night, right? Talked about Hall and Oates last night. Like, oh, it's probably a $27 ticket. It's about what I'd fucking yeah. pay to see those two bands, $27. <laughs> and uh, it's like 85 a ticket. No way. Fuck you. $85 to see Hall & Oates? Yeah. 
Bullshit. Remember, remember when you were a kid, you used to watch like the the music awards, the Grammys, or whatever yeah. you want to call it. Solid whatever it was, gold. There, there was always, yeah, the solid gold awards, whatever the fuck. There's always something. But every year, Holland Oats always won like yeah. band of the year. And Alabama always won like country band yeah, of the year. Yeah, Alabama always yeah. won. Over and my over. Family, my mom loved the Oak Ridge Boys, yes. so Alabama would always fucking job the Oak Ridge Boys. <laughs> And uh, I knew like at What was going on in that house? You had to sit on the couch. Your mom, Bobby the Brain Heenan, and Carl Eller. Yeah, Carl Eller was there. Waiting for the Oak Ridge Boys. Yeah. And Soul Train to introduce me to Don Cornelius. (laughs) My friend Boom pointed out one of the great observations of all time. Uh, My buddy Boom and I, the only two white kids in Cardiff that love Soul Train every week. And he pointed out that Don Cornelius would often say about the drummer, tell me who that cat is back there on the skins. <laughs> my my buddy Boom doesn't get too much shit right, but that was a very yeah. keen observation to notice Don would, would often say in a very, you know, low yeah. Don Cornelius voice, no, tell me who that cat is back there on the skins. He goes, Shit. That was good, but old school Soul yeah. Train to me was my favorite show. Because, Is that right? Yeah, because you would get the OJs, um, you would get, you know, Temptations would come through, Gap Band would come through. Yeah. Now, every now and then they'd fuck it up by putting that Pansy El DeBarge on, and then you'd have to act, you know, that would be shit, or Timmy T. Did you get Earth, Wind, and Fire? I was a big Earth, Wind, and Fire guy. I, I was never into Earth, Wind, and Fire. Neither was MTV. <clears throat> Remember they always accused MTV yeah. of being racist? They wouldn't put Earth, Wind, and Fire on? Yeah, they nothing about now, uh, but you could talk me into hanging around to watch some Cool in the Gang. There you go. I would watch those guys. Cool in the Gang was the first 45 I ever bought. Which one did you Celebration. buy? Celebration. Celebration. was the first time I used my own money. It was like 75 cents, and that's what I bought. Uh, I remember uh, Misled was kind of a cool song by Cool and the Gang. Um, who else? Would Keith Sweat was yeah, great Keith on there? Was a little bit later on in the 80s. Now, you could also get uh, 19 different versions and new edition on Soul Train. That's true. Too. Soul Train was a great show. Yeah. Love Soul Train. <laughs> um, I, I'm sure in the old days, my man Jackie Wilson... Bobby Blue Bland would be on there, but yeah. You know, it's funny. You had three shows back then that you used to watch. So back in the day, at least before I had cable, you're watching. You had American Bandstand. Yep. You had Solid Gold. Yep. You had Soul Train. Yeah. Like those shows, like you couldn't even do those shows now. Nobody's watching that shit. And and you couldn't get the acts to show up. Yeah, that'd be the problem, right? You couldn't get them to show up. Well, fucking Niall, we already told you. (laughs) This little shit. It's breaking up the band like in Selena. How how would Edward James almost say it? If you go out with him, I will break up the band. (laughs) Selena is one of the great movies of all time. (laughs) Selena's a great movie. Um, So today I'm at work, and I'm noticing that there's a lot of hatred on social media towards Ben Higgins. (laughs) Towards Ben? Yeah, okay, they're giving ahead. him a hard time. They say, the guy works 19 Non-stop. hours a day. Yeah. And he's an incredibly nice guy. And he's just, for a guy that went to Tory, he's a nice guy. And uh, and they're giving him shit that he wears Kirkland jeans. Yeah. And then everybody's talking shit about his pitch. Yeah. They threw out the first pitch on Saturday night at Lake Elsinore. And I said, uh uh, you know, this this seems unwarranted. This seems like a, a terrible thing to a nice guy. 
But you don't I, like anybody from Tory Pines normally. You take shots at if you went to Tory Pines, you take shots at all those guys. You've done yeah. it forever. Yeah, they're all they're all a bunch of dicks. Okay. So if one guy's not gonna do well, you you're glad it's a Tory Pines guy. Yeah, but but I like Ben. Okay. You like Coach too. You still ripped the shit out of him. Yeah, true. Yeah. Coach yeah. Yeah. Halda, Halda yeah. depending on the day. So I'd go, well, let me just see what Ben did here. And so Ben comes out. And he's got the storm hat on, which is, I told you last time, it's about a $58 hat. Yeah. And they got little kids that are coming out. And, uh, you know, these kids, they look like they're about three. And these kids stand on the mound to just throw a strike. Rifling it. Yeah, popping yeah. that glove. Did you see that? Yep, no loop, just a straight line drive. Gone. Shot. Yep. And then uh, Ben... Representing the fine string of Channel 10 sportscasters that in my time included Fast Steady, Bill Griffith, Larry Sacknoff, Len Ping, Jeff Cauley, Julie Brownman. That's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, BR? BR? Exactly. Uh, Steve Smith? Yeah. Look at that. Um, steps nine feet in front of the plate, or uh, nine feet in front of the mound, and bounces it to home plate. What? What did yeah. you say? He and threw it from about 45 feet, and he bounced it? 45. It looked like he threw it from 17 feet, and he bounced it. You know what my favorite part about that is? Is when you can hear Woods in the background. I, I didn't even hear the oh audio. Because Woods knew it was bad right away. He's, whoa. Like, he knew, oh, shit. He just made the whole show look bad. It was terrible. Yeah. There, there's no coming back from it. And so uh, I was like, Wow. You know, I started to think of things that I'd seen or heard, and it reminded me of a conversation that I had with the mayor in Poway. Yeah. When David said, Jeff, do you know when I was 17 years old in Japan, I saw a woman shoot a ping pong ball out of her hairy chapin 88 feet? And I thought, there are women in the world that can shoot a ping pong ball out of their snatch farther yeah. than Ben through that baseball. And on a straighter line. On a straighter line. But uh, I'd like to see that opening day. Just see some lady come out from <laughs> that, Japan. That right there will get you to buy tickets. Yeah. I'd go watch that every night. She just <laughs> settles in. Everybody, let's give a warm Padre welcome. Little green appreciation. Get your hands out of your pockets for cinnamon. <laughs> just pops it out of there. Yeah. Little fetus comes with it. Uh, you shut your mouth. What the fuck you do that for? <laughs> I don't you know. You took all the hotness right out of oh, it. Oh, the hotness went out. Yeah, but now she's not pregnant anymore. Oh, my gosh. So, look, here's the, here's the deal. So how yeah. do you come back from that? You can't say, give me the if ball back. If you're Ben? Yeah. I, mean, well, I don't know why they before. had to pile on and start because accusing you, him of wearing Kirkland jeans, too. So what? Here's, here's the because deal. I don't have any Kirkland jeans. Uh, yeah, but you, you never bought Kirkland jeans. You buy Kirkland water, maybe? Uh, for my kid's party? Yeah. So you, sure. <laughs> okay. So here's the deal. You're a sports guy, not only in radio, but also on TV. You're mm -hmm. a big guy. Ben's like 6'5". Yeah, the tall guy. Yeah, Ben's a big dude, okay? Sorry, but you should be able to throw a fucking ball 45 feet. I mean, Mariah Carey threw it less than that. You know what I mean? Fuck. God dang. I mean, it's Mariah Carey wearing heels and everything. Yeah. You got to do a better job. And Woodsy stepped right in there and threw a rocket. 
Yeah, he went a little Kent to Colby's yeah. uh, sidewinder. Yeah, just winged it right in there perfect. Everybody was perfect but him. Yeah. He deserved the heat for it. The jeans thing I don't give a shit about. Look, oh, he's married. What you want? Game's over. What you, what's he yeah, doing? Fuck. What's he trying to do? Pick up chicks? Come on. He's up at three in the morning after going to bed at midnight. Let the guy up for air. That's <laughs> exactly right. All right, I got to ask you about this Padre team because I thought mm-hmm. about it a lot now because Canapa. Here's the deal I also noticed. Great. Canapa says, whatever Canapa says usually is gold in this town, right? We just got to yeah. just let it go. And even Canapa can talk almost you and me into anything. We can believe one way and he'll turn it. He'll say the sky's green and we all know it's blue. And Canapa says it's green. We'll go, ah, fuck, Nick says it's green, it's green. We'll just let yeah, it go. We let it go. We let it go too much because I think his list is worse shit. I don't think he put any time or energy but, into this But I will, t- I will tell you this. Nick did a list yesterday of his greatest Padre team ever. Okay. Now, this is where 97.3... Fucked up. That should have been a launching point today. Of course. It's a very fan-friendly segment. But because 97.3 is not fan-friendly and doesn't know what to do, I did it. And I did it on social media because, to me, Nick had Terry Kennedy at catcher starting there. Yeah. And I said, well, you're out of your mind. It's got to be Benito Santiago. What shocked me is when you go and you look at Benito, and Benito won multiple gold gloves, was an all-star in his time in San Diego, Yeah, was a Silver Slugger Award winner in his time in San Diego, um, Rookie of the Year, 34-game hit streak, all these different things that he did. His numbers you look at and you go, well, these are just outstanding. They're going to blow Terry Kennedy out of the water. Terry Kennedy's numbers actually in a lot of categories were very similar to Benito's, and some they were better. But Nick... Gave Terry Kennedy the nod based on the fact that he was quote unquote a team leader. Well, who cares? Yeah, who gives a shit? The '83 team didn't do shit. Benito, and I like Terry Kennedy. Yeah, but Benito changed the game defensively. I think. I mean, Tony Pena was in the game at that time, and you can look back at at Bob Boone and Carlton Fisk and Johnny Bench and others, Thurman Munson that were excellent. But Benito was electrifying for this team. He absolutely was. And and he's the catcher on that. Benito didn't look like a catcher either. No. He was lean. He was thin. He did not look like your Bob Boones, your Carlton Fisk, Correct. Gary Carters. He was built different than everybody else. Correct. And had a lot of errors, right? Because yeah. he was a little bit of a show-off. Of course. But he was flamboyant, and he changed it. To me, it was a no-doubter. But where 97.3 fucked up was, like I said, that should have been a launching point today to have a discussion between... Tony, Chris, fucking Cilio, that dumb shit. Dude, Cilio thinks Bobby Valentine managed the Padres. Uh, What a fucking dick. So then you start looking around at different guys. Yes. Dave, my phone tonight on social media, it has to have close to 100, and I'm not exaggerating, people that have commented, liked, retweeted, because I said, let's go around the infield. And I said at first base, I didn't see Nate Colbert play, but I saw Fred McGriff, I saw Wally Joyner play, and I saw Garve. Let me tell you, you're missing one. Coach Quintero jumped in and said the guy that needs to be at first base is Adrian Gonzalez. He's 100% right. He's 100% right. I looked it up. He's not even close. But I loved it because all of a sudden you go, yes, I skipped right over Adrian. Dave, my point being on talk radio, that's where somebody jumps in and goes, hey, man. 
All three Join, stations had a chance to jump on that topic, yes. and, and they really should have. I mean, really, everybody's great. starting point should be at the top of every hour Padre baseball. And you go, okay, uh, I can make you a compelling argument, I feel like, for, for Garvey and McGriff and, and maybe for Joyner. And then you go, goddamn Adrian. Yes, I yeah. skipped right over it. No-brainer, Adrian's the guy. Now we get to second base, and uh, Nick had Alan Wiggins. Yeah, he's wrong on that one, too. Uh, I'll tell you again. Because I look at that and I remember Alan Wiggins and I go, well, pretty exciting. But I said to Bill Center, what do you think of the list? To which Bill immediately replied, I like it, but he's crazy. Robbie Alomar should be the second baseman. Now, how many years was Robbie here? Three? Four? How long was he here? Uh, Yeah, I think it might have been four. Okay. And and again, the guy I was thinking was only here three. And that's Mark Loretta. Mark Loretta was the name that came up. Mark Loretta, just, you know, in three seasons with the Pods, 314, 32 home runs, 186 runs knocked in in three seasons. And and he broke his thumb, which completely yeah. changed his whole career. And uh, I think a guy that we probably don't remember as good as we should. Mark was a solid contributor on that team. Two of the three seasons, he was team MVP. God, right? Yep. So now all of a sudden you like, now you go, okay. I like the Adrian debate. I like the Wiggins versus Alomar versus Loretta debate. Shortstop pretty much comes down to to Templeton versus Ozzy. And Ozzy wasn't a hitter when he was here. No. But I tell you what, I went and looked at Templeton's numbers today because yeah. we, we were thinking about it. Really, you always think, well, there's only yeah. one guy. It's Templeton. Templeton's hitting was terrible. Yeah, I mean, what he hit at the end. Oh, my gosh. So Templeton was 213? here. Yeah, Templeton was here nine seasons. Career-wise, he was a 254 guy, 43 home runs, 427 runs knocked in. But you're looking at batting averages, Jeff, in those nine years, 247, 263, 258, 282 was his high, two, I think 77, 222, 249, 255. I mean, six home runs was his high. Yeah. Really not impressive. When he was in St. Louis, his numbers were incredible. And he actually was the first guy to have two, 100 hits from each side of the plate in Major League Baseball. Maybe the only guy, I think, to still do it. Yeah. And I remember he had a bat righty a few times just to to get those numbers on the right side. But, yeah, Templeton, when that trade first happened, as a baseball fan, oh, I'm yeah. thinking, boy, you got a guy whose glove is almost as good as Ozzy's, but you got a guy that can hit. And then yeah. Ozzy's career turned into a Hall of Fame career in St. Louis. Yeah, Templeton probably much more looked at defensively for what he did here. I mean, wasn't going to win the gold glove with Ozzy, but, but doesn't diminish what he did. But I love that. Yeah. At third base, uh, Caminetti, Caminetti was really the guy. I feel like a couple other names came up at third base, but Caminetti really was the main guy. Um, center field, it was fun because the debate was, should Kevin McReynolds be talked about? Um, I'm trying to think of who Nick had in center. Oh, man, hold on. Oh, Steve Finley. Oh, Steve Finley's. To me, Steve Finley's the guy. Uh, absolute Steve Finley. But I love this discussion because Nick put Dave Winfield in left and and somebody wrote and said, wait a minute, he never played left. He played right. You either have to go Tony or Dave Winfield. What's well, Tony Gwynn? But then left field becomes interesting because you go, well, could it be Greg Vaughn? Could it be Ricky, even at Ricky's age, right? Yeah. I mean, uh, could it be Kevin Mitchell in his small amount of time here? I think Joe Carter played left when he was here. Yeah, Joe Carter's here one season. So now all of a sudden you go, okay, that's a pretty fun conversation. Jake Peavy was really the leader for right-handed pitchers. Before you move on to the pitchers, three outfielders, the best three outfielders in Padre history. Okay. Just looking at numbers. Tony. Tony and Winfield. Ryan Kaleska's the third. 
No kidding. Yeah, Ryan Colesco, if you look at his numbers. No kidding. His third career in San Diego, Ryan Colesco, 279, 133 home runs, 493 runs knocked in. Could uh, could Nevin make a run at, at third base? At Cammy? And, and that's funny. I, I thought Nevin was one of those guys you'd think about, too. Cammy was just different. I mean, MVP. Sure. You know what I'm saying? Talking playoffs, 96. Nevin was pretty fucking good when he was here. Yeah, he was pretty good. Um. So, again, this is where 1360 and 1090 and 97.3 yeah. miss it because you can have this discussion. Uh, right-hand pitcher, I think most people felt like PV was the guy. I agree. Um, but left-handed pitcher... They went with Randy, but if you look at Bruce Hurst numbers, you love Bruce Hurst, yeah. Bruce Hurst was pretty fucking good during his time here in San Diego. However, I deferred to Bill. I said to Bill, "Look, I didn't see Randy," and Bill Center said, "I loved Hurst, but Randy in that Cy Young Award was the best of any Padre pitcher ever." And I said, "Good enough." But where I had fun with it was. It started the conversation between Nick and Bill on social media, yeah. which I always love. And Nick, Bill said, uh, you know, well, Nick's out of his mind because Alomar should be the second baseman. And then Nick came back with something, and I just said, whoa, I can't believe you just called Bill a liar. <laughs> And Nick said, there's a major difference between being a liar and being full of it. And in this situation, Bill's 100% honest. <laughs> and so I said to Bill on Twitter, I yeah. go, Bill, I apologize. I threw him the fastball and he hit it out of that's the park. That's funny as hell. Yeah, what he's like, yeah, major difference. But that to me, Dave, was a conversation that yeah. everybody got involved in. That's how you build a sports radio station. You don't build it by yes. putting Rich fucking Herrera in charge of it and letting Rich Herrera... Look, and, and here's the other thing. I danced around it last night because I, I was trying to protect people, and then all of a sudden I get a, a tweet today because fucking Woods got his yeast infection up. <laughs> 94.9 believes Steve Woods is the guy that, that instigated all the trouble to get Kevin Klein fired. That's, that's just obnoxious yeah it's not true uh, uh, that's saying all the of the funniest you, thing is i'll tell you right now woods would take credit he'd love it <laughs> he would love to take credit for it but that's not what happened yeah so and it's rich herrera shooting his mouth off around town is the rumor he needs to shut the fuck up really i mean he needs to shut the fuck up let's air check 10 minutes of the rich herrera show and then you can you can stop talking to anybody you're the luckiest fucking guy in this town then all of a sudden, now you're going to start questioning why Kevin Klein got fired? Come on. You're saying that nobody in this yeah. town could, could be offended on the day that the Union Tribune runs the article about the Coronado Bridge? Seriously? Yeah. I had someone contact me today about the comments that were made about Cilio and saying, Cilio was saying last week that he fakes leukemia in airports mm -hmm. so he can get a, a wheelchair and get a better seat on a plane. Yeah. Well, there's no way to get... There's no podcast. There's no history of if really? go on their site. You can't find anything. Now, obviously, if someone were to subpoena those, those yeah, uh, records, they, they would have Friday morning. But there's nowhere for you to go back and, and track smart? that down. Yeah, yeah. It is smart. In their case, because they step in it all the fucking time. Yeah. I mean, nobody steps in shit the way they are right now. They can't get out of their own way. No. I did hear Ello on the drive home for a little bit today. Um, and just from the talk show standpoint, he sounded good. 
Sounded Good. strong. He sounded confident. He was talking about they had an interview with Matt Sears. But again, they need to get Tony Jr. needs to be off that show because he stretched too thin or just not. Yeah, ready. I mean, he was doing radio tonight. Uh, you can't do that. I mean, I'm sorry, you just can't do that. So to me, Junior would be a guy that I would say, okay, um, you'll be a, you'll be a regular contributor to the show. But uh, to me, you can't keep telling Chris, well, you're going to have him for 45 minutes and then you're going to be by yourself. It's very difficult to get a rhythm going as a host. If you've got a co-host and yes. now you don't, and now you do, and now you don't. Um, yeah, you just go, dude, you're either you're in or you're out. These four-hour shows are too long. In, in yeah. sports radio, that's out the door. That, those don't happen anymore. The three-hour shows. Four hours are too long. The host can't bring it in all four hours. It doesn't work out, especially in San Diego right now when you're dealing with one major pro team. It's not fair to one guy, a solo guy li- like Ello, I'll say, yeah. to go four hours. It just, it's just not it's not right. And I understand leading into the Padre game is not going exactly bored, but it's just too tough. Yeah, because you're too busy shifting gears. Yeah. You're setting up, it's setting up Ello not to succeed. Yeah, you're, you're trying to find a way to incorporate your co-host in. Wait a minute, now I have to incorporate the audience in. Yep. It's, it's two completely different animals. And you go, okay, well, it's, I don't know, who's ever making the call over there? Um, I just don't get it. I, I just don't. I think it's bad. But at least for Chris today, I only heard about 10 minutes. But he sounded good, sounded confident, kind of talking baseball and was kind of doing his thing. They got to they gotta back his mic up, though. Because he he does, yeah, that, he does that in the microphone. <laughs> he says what he's going to say, and then he it drives me nuts. Yeah, yeah they got to back it, his mic up or crazy. do whatever. Yeah, yeah. It's all, uh, different. He's like Mr. Furley in uh, Three's yes. Company. Remember, he'd make a point, think it was genius, and but um, but at least today he was talking about baseball and match yeah. stairs and hitting and the approach for young guys. Kaplan's doing his thing, and then I, I go check in on Steve. Man, it sounds like that station feels like when you used to try to get the old AM radio and you try to catch like yeah. K-Dawn out of Vegas. <laughs> it just sounds like they're completely on the moon. And Steve's like... That's dragging. so fucking funny you said that. that that's remember like, K-Dawn? You, no, I just remember when you'd have to try and balance to find something, and you'd yeah. have to roll the knobs. And if you found it, like, oh, my God, I got it. And then you were like, fuck, I'm stuck with one damn station. Yeah. Can I, can I get it again? No. You don't want to take a chance. Yeah, you never get it again. Yeah. <laughs> never get it again. That's right. And Steve's just dragging the same story, the need for a new arena, and how are they succeeding in Vegas, and how'd they get this arena built. And Nick, uh, Nick, Mike said to him, is that arena privately financed? And Steve just stopped because yeah. he didn't do anything. Exactly. What's it matter? And Mike's like, what's it matter? It makes a huge difference <laughs> whether the arena was privately yes. financed or not. And it just was like, oh, fuck. Come on, man. Come on. Act like you care. Steve had such a great run in this town. And I like him so much. I just that show just bores the shit out of me. You know, he's he's in a situation where you take a, a step back. We say it all the time when we meet people who let's say make and made a good amount of money at one time, and you yeah. start living that lifestyle of let's say you make two million dollars a year, and you start living the lifestyle of I have two million dollars a year. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you got to cut back. Let's say to two hundred thousand a year. That's still a lot of money, but it's now your lifestyle is two million. It, it's, it's a big adjustment. Steve had that big adjustment to going to L.A. We had all these major sports sure. and topics, and you had sure. Pat O'Brien. 
I mean, no offense. Pat O'Brien. No offense to Mike. You had a superstar. True. You did. Now you got Mike. Now you got Mike. Fuck. He's like, what did you say? Where'd Kevin Frazier go? (laughs) You know, I bet Dave. Pound for pound for every guy on the lineups today. Yeah. If I had to do a draft, Steve would be my number one guy. Because Steve, for me, for years, was must-hear radio. That's why I get frustrated because of where he is. Because you go, dude, this guy, he would have been so... And look, they, uh, they're they three hours, right? Yes. I don't know if they did any part of that topic. I only heard 10 minutes of it today. But like he would have been fantastic because he's such a psycho. Yeah, such a stats guy. He knows Nate Colbert versus yeah. Garvey versus yes. Joyner off the top of his yeah. head. I love how Steve says, he told us when we were at the Super Bowl with him a couple years ago, he goes, I had to sit in my apartment all night long working stats. I'm like, you can fucking Google all that shit. You lunatic? Yeah, what are you doing? Yeah. All the answers are right there. Uh, he, he, as far as creating a sense of urgency and developing something and really the ability to play both sides of the fence over a couple of day period is yeah. as good as anybody. But it just sounds to me like, I don't know, right now he sounds like he's in a funk. I still think he has it in him. I do. I, think. Oh, I, I, I do too. The guy, he has a strong voice. He always has a strong voice. He's extremely loud. He, Incredibly he's never, funny. Never once have I ever thought Steve took the day off. He just doesn't have a lot to talk about I think about he right takes now. a do lot of days so? off. I don't, yes. I don't think, uh, I, honestly, I just don't think there's a lot for him to bounce back to. And whereas, I listen to, I listen to different guys do the art all the time. I said, guys were good at it. Colin Coward, who I'm a fan of, I think is absolutely terrible right now because since football season ended, it's nothing but LeBron James at the top of yeah. our air. Christian Leahy, who's in Miami, wasn't at work, goofed on him on Twitter, saying, hey, I'm not at work today. I bet you Colin's talking LeBron James. Oh, wow. I mean, just a shot where if you're Colin Carroll, like, hey, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah. You're pointing out the fact that I only have one topic. I'm a one-trick pony. I, th- I think Steve right now is in that same boat. Here's the funny thing. You have three sports stations. Mm-hmm. If you were to take Steve – you were to take Kaplan, take Darren. You know what I'm saying? You put the best of the best on one station, it would be as yeah. good as any station in the country. Yeah, I don't know that Steve's still there. but I'll I thought he was th- your number one draft pick a second ago. Um, yeah, he would be if, you, if he's motivated. If he's motivated. I'll tell you the guy who I think has gotten years better is Rich Hornberger. Yes, I agree and, with that. And you know what I thought of when I heard Rich um, the other day? is you go, you know what that is? Man, that's a guy, a backup center mentality that had to work for everything he got and is working to get better and letting it go. And I think Willard I think Willard works good off of him. Yeah. See, if, if Hardwick leaves, that may be your morning show. Those two guys in the morning? Willard and Ornberger. Yeah, it would be interesting to see how, how they would do that. I said the same thing to Rich the last time I saw him. I no, said, I think he's... I said, just I, so you know, Jeff and I, we gave you a hard time when you first started. We didn't oh, think I you were ready. Did. And I said, you could tell that you put a lot of work into it. You care every single day. He yeah, goes, he's he, trying to get better. Yeah. And he honestly said, that means a lot to me. I know you've done this a long time. It means a lot to me yeah. that you, you recognize that. Yeah, no, he's definitely working to get better. And you can hear it. You go, yeah. He's just And and always a very likable guy. Yes. But, um, no, for me, if I was building a lineup locally, uh, Darren would be there. Kaplan would be there. Um, I... For Willard, though, it would be like, dude, I need you here. I know you're doing this show from L.A., but you need to be here. 
you need to be able to relate to everything going on in this community that you can't fake from Long Beach or L.A. You just yeah. can't. You have to be able to. I'll give you a perfect example. Uh, we do commercials for Happy Plumbing. I come straight down the five tonight, yeah. driving in, talking to my sons on the drive down. And uh, it's about seven o'clock tonight. Sun's gone down. Beautiful night in downtown San Diego, right? Just yeah. where the sun's gone down, it's kind of dusk and the lights are up. And you go, wow. And I'm telling my sons, I go, gosh, man, I, I got out of the house. It was freezing. It was like 60 degrees. Looked like, but I said, oh, I'm, I'm making the drive on the five and the planes are coming in. The buildings are all lit up, but it's still not completely dark. You go, it's really great. And then all of a sudden I get through the S-curve downtown and I get into National City. And National City, I don't know what happened in National City tonight, but the entire, from from the mile of cars to the 54, it smells like 27 broken sewer pipes. Really? It stinks. And I'm like, shit, the city, <laughs> National City has to call Happy Plumbing yeah. and get this taken care of because you just ruined my good night. <laughs> but if you're in L.A., yeah. if I'm doing this from L.A., Somebody is going to hear this and go, man, I was driving through Nashville. Yeah, it stunk. What's going on? Yeah. There's a spot my boys and I love. We'll go uh, North County and we'll take 101. We'll take 101 from uh, Loma Santa Fe all the way up through Cardiff, Encinitas, Lucadia, Carlsbad. We'll go to Angelo's and get a burger. And we'll go to the one. There's three of them. One at either side of Coast Highway, one in the middle. We okay. go to the one in the middle. When you get to a certain point, you get close to Angelo's, you cross over the little, the old-fashioned train tracks there right by the bowling alley, and there's a mobile home park that looks like it's been there 100 years, yeah. and that place smells like broken sewer lines all the time. And you go, what the hell's going on? This is the worst smell anywhere. There's a graveyard, and there's the mobile park, and I think both of them have the equal amount of dead people in them I, that nobody knows about. <laughs> And you drive that stretch of Coast Highway, Hill Street 101, whatever yeah. you want to call it, and you go, this just sucks. But if you're in L.A., you can't go, well, you know, Rich, I was driving Venice Boulevard this morning <laughs> on my way to the promenade, and people are like, what? Where? Yes. Yeah. Got to be able to relate to the community you're working in. There you go. So when you drove by the five, you saw, you look over, you see Petco Park. You see it all lit up. Dodgers, Padres are in town. You're seeing, uh -huh. seeing the whole deal. From what I'm watching on, on TV, it doesn't look like the top level of the, the ballpark is, is filled up. Not a big crowd no. tonight. A little bit cold. We know it's during the week. We all know the kids are in school. Kids are in school. Attendance is going to be a little bit down. One thing Major League Baseball is saying, they're a little concerned that attendance is down throughout the country right now. Than, than what it used to be. Tickets are crazy ass expensive. Yeah, Major League Baseball much. games are, are, are a little too much. Um, but again, beautiful ballpark, the whole deal. Want to ask you, Matt Kemp? I know you weren't watching because you're in the yeah. car. Matt Kemp gets announced. Booed, not booed. Oh, uh, booed. Booed. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely booed and paid him back by hitting a big giant home run. But Matt Kemp, uh, yeah, booed. They boo everybody. If you want to wear a Padre uniform, no. Let, okay, let me ask you. Will Myers? Let's say he's traded. Mm -hmm. A lot of talk that. Shit, Will Myers isn't good for this team. Will Myers can't stay healthy playing in the outfield. They end up training Will Myers, let's say, to the Philadelphia Phillies. Yeah. Okay. Comes back. Will Myers get booed, not booed? No, would not get booed. Um, because even though he's a bit of a dopey dope, there's a likability for Myers. There was no likability for Matt Kemp during his time here. 
which is funny. Because he hit the, for the cycle. Yeah, he hit for the cycle. <laughs> we waited forever. Yeah. But I think... Um, we all start- thought Matt Kemp was out of shape, bad attitude, What wasn't, yeah. wasn't any good anymore. Seemed unhappy to be in San Diego. Yeah, didn't like it. Like, I would think if... Uh, I would think if Justin Upton came back, he's probably going to get cheered. I think so. I don't think... Um, I don't think BJ, Melvin Upton, gets cheered, right? Yeah. Uh, the guy who's confusing to me, obviously, is Will Middlebrooks. He's <laughs> um, bitch. Uh, Kimbrell, you know, Kimbrell would be coming in to, to save the game, but I think people would cheer for him here. They should cheer for him. He never he never felt like the guy... He, he didn't feel, at least for me, he was so dominant... As a member of the Braves, and he, I don't know, I guess he is now for Boston. He is, very much so. Yeah, but when he was here... He got off to a bad start here. Remember, he had a tough tough, tough couple first games, Yeah, and then he found his groove. Yeah, but I never felt like it was immediately game over with Kimbrell here. Oh, that's funny. It's one thing about this I like franchise, him a lot. when we're naming the best players position by position the one yeah. thing about this franchise they have always had great closers you can't say that about a lot of teams no. in baseball my entire time here yeah uh gary lucas you better fucking acknowledge gary lucas raleigh fingers before my time but then uh goose came in yeah right and then mark davis mark davis and then all the way through trevor know, Heath trevor Bell. yeah randy myers yeah even first H- time through even houston street yeah houston street rod back remember yeah uh, when, when Trevor was hurt and Rod Beck yeah. came in, it was fantastic. For that year. And, and um, the only guy I remember was shit. <laughs> was was Baby Goose, Lance McCullers. Uh, Lance McCullers. But and then there was a guy. His son has a World Series ring all of a sudden. Yeah, there was a guy, Dave, like, um, oh, man, like, like right after Heath Bell, kind of before Houston Street, Felt like there was a guy that they tried to squeeze into that role that was pretty shitty, like Via Gomez or something oh, like that. That's funny. Yeah. Okay, but I, I can't. One up. Somebody funny. will remember. Someone, who yeah, was. someone will tell you tomorrow. Yeah, he, but even Brad Hand right now, who we didn't see it coming. Brad Hand might be the best move that AJ Preller ever picked up. Yeah, I think he's great. Um, I like it. Like it, it was funny. I heard Darren today talking about Lamette yeah. and whether or not Pods fucked him by continuing to have him throw and like the Padres say, well, we didn't make it any worse. And that Darren made a good point. Well, how do we know? How do we know it didn't make it any worse? <laughs> but I also thought the point that Darren made was, well, if he's in excruciating pain, he's not yeah. going to try to pitch through it. You go, yeah, okay. You get it. I, I just ultimately on that, you go, all right, you, you throw the team the mulligan. I just, I think what it is, Marty pointed it out. I think Marty was spot on. When she said, as Padre fans, we are just accustomed to expecting the worst. That's true. Where we're always told somebody's going to work their way through it. Yeah. Uh, and Darren's counterpoint to that was, well, that happens across baseball. Yeah, well, I'm not, I'm not following the Tigers. I'm not following the Royals or, or the Marlins. It just feels like with guys here, and Erling was one of those guys, right? I mean, we went through a whole laundry list of them last night. But Lament was a kid that you go, okay, you kind of feel like this guy um, may not have gotten as much pregame hype. Yeah. Meaning the way that Espinosa or Morion or any or Lauer or Lucchese, any of these other guys do. But you go, shit, man, I got a feeling this dude's going to be a solid contributor. And then to see him go down and, yeah, like Darren said today, I thought he made a good point. He goes, 
Is it really that big a deal if he had the surgery three weeks ago? So he comes back uh, June 1st, 2019 instead of June 21st, 2019? Yeah, may not be quite that simple, but I get the point he's making. You've seen more and more athletes who, number one, don't want to have any kind of surgery, and then yeah. more and more they want their own doctor. They just won't trust the teams. Yeah. You know, they want to make sure, look, I'm going to look at all, all options all the way around. But I, w- I will say it shows you why you have as many arms in the system as you do, right? Yeah. God well, damn. Well, 50% of all major league pitchers will end up on the DL this year. Shit. That's amazing. It feels amazing. like for the Padres, it should be 85%. <laughs> of well, all when the pitchers. Padres go on the DL, they really go on the DL. They don't come back for a long time. God damn. I man. mean, Tyson Ross, opening day pitcher, you don't see him the rest of the year. See, you know, that's the, you know, like that, like we talked about Kelly and Erlin and Lubke and all these other guys that we've gone through, guys that have broken down, you yeah. never see him again. Yeah, you get frustrated. You just get frustrated. But, um, but I thought, yeah, I thought the way Darren laid it out, I thought the way AC laid it out in the paper, you go, okay, well, shit, all right, maybe the, maybe the team deserves a little bit more of the benefit of the doubt than we gave them, at least that I gave them initially. But you just look at it and you go, boom. Hey, were you watching tonight? Were you watching this game right I from was, the start? I was watching the Padre game, yeah. Right from the start? Pretty much. Who was in the booth with Fox Sports San Diego? Uh, I had the volume down, so I, I can't tell you. I just had the had it on the way it is right now. The way we have the we have the game going right now, I just have the volume down, so I didn't have it. Wasn't our listening. man Corey Stewart was freaking out because somebody was in the booth at the start of the Fox Sports San Diego game. Really? Yeah, I don't know who it was. Not gonna sit there and look for the for the replay. Yeah, I was trying to figure out who he was all upset about who they had. I was okay. getting ready well, to head down here, so I don't know. Well, I know uh, I know Mudge there. I know Mark Sweeney's in there with him. Yeah, no, I mean okay. those guys. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I have no idea who who, who they had on. That, that's funny. Uh, I thought t- uh, it, Mark Grant did what tonight when I uh, when I did flip on and I did mm-hmm. hear Mud because I always want to see what Mud's reaction is when there's a ball in that box and it's called a ball or called a strike because yeah. it starts to drive me a little crazy when that's a good pitch when clearly it wasn't a good pitch. Yeah, you know, or if it, if if it's there, I think it was Grandal was batting or somebody and it was it was straight there. Looking at the TV right now, there's there's Orsillo, Sweeney, and Grant right now. We're looking. Yeah. at. Okay, so. It was a pitch right down the middle. Guy calls it a ball. It's, oh, there's yeah. nothing from Mud. But then Mud comes back uh, later on and he says, this is what I want from a broadcaster. And, and he did it. There's a fastball thrown middle in and the batter let it go. Okay. And he said to Mark Sweeney, he goes, from when I've been around baseball is you're taught looking fastball middle in first pitch because it might be the only one you get. It might be the yeah. whole, all night long. You yeah. better be able to jump on it. And if you don't jump on it, that, then that's on you. And it might have been Matt Kemp's home run that he said it. Okay. And And – Sweeney goes, that's exactly what you're taught. He goes, if you don't jump on it, take advantage of it, you're going you're gonna to get it. I always think give something back to the baseball fan that might not know what goes on behind the cage. Yeah, I'll tell you because I sat with him, Mud, <clears throat> almost every night yeah. when Sut was doing games on Channel 4. People remember uh, Channel 4, when they had it, Mud would do probably 75 and then Sut would do you know, his fair amount, or yeah. Mud would do, whatever the, the breakdown was. And often on those nights, because I'd be out there, you'd be out there, I, I would sit with Mud. God damn, man. Mud, Sweeney, you know, we've talked about with Hank yeah. with the NFL. They they just see a different game. It's so fun, because for me, I never felt like ego-wise I had to try to hang with them one for one. Um, I, just en- I enjoyed... yeah hearing what they saw like you see things as a fan you pick it up and if you're telling me what to look for ahead of time a little bit like tony romo did yes 
I love that stuff. Romo was such a unique guy, though, because the way he did it with the energy, and then you had other guys trying to do it, and they just failed miserably. And then it looks really, really bad. It looks bad. It's a gamble, what he said. I saw Grant, uh, I think it was yesterday, against the Giants. He called a changeup before the pitch was thrown, and he was absolutely right. Here's a changeup. Yeah. You know, and boom, he nailed the location, nailed the pitch. I I would say, well, good. What did you see? What? what?" And then he would say, the the catcher showed me what pitch was coming. Yeah. I I don't know. As as a viewer, I like it. If you can give me any inside information on what you see, we always talk about the 10,000 hours you have to put into something to be great. Yeah. And Mud's definitely put his 10,000 hours in. Yeah, and and we as listeners feel like it's been eighty thousand hours. <laughs> what? Look at you! Sorry. Look at you taking a shot right at the end. Um, but but that's the thing. He sees a different game, yeah. and that to me, just go fuck. It's fun. Yeah. Like you go. All right. Tell me what you see. Walk me through it. What are the different things? Sweeney sat directly behind you and me at Petco Park, and and he sees it different too that's why i think pomeranz does a really nice job mike played college baseball you know at a game. high level he was yeah, in, the in the minor minors. leagues yeah he knows the game but he he defers to sweeney because he thinks sweeney sees it different than he does uh that that would be my only thing with with mike that i always encourage him is um know what you know i mean we always say know what you don't know but i i, I don't think mike gives himself enough credit for knowing the game. And I think a lot of people in this town, because they're lazy and haven't done the research, just think Mike's a talking haircut. Now, Mike can back it up. I think Mike does a good job setting up those really guys because he does know what, he, what he, what's going on. I love talking to uh, Really Sweeney. good. I still say Sweeney. I understand his son is very young and he wants to be a dad that doesn't travel. But I think Sweeney one day would be a great manager. Look I think at- he'd be great, but I don't think he feels like dealing with um, – the mentality of the guys. I understand. Look at the guys he played for in his yeah. career. I mean, look at Larusa. Yeah. And look at Tory and look at Bochi. You know what I mean? He's yeah. been around guys that are Hall of Fame guys, and you think you, you take a little bit from here and there, and all of a sudden you became a pretty good manager. I'll too. tell and, you this. And he never had the ego. He never was the star player. Spent a lot of time on the bench watching the guys that were stars in front of him. Sweeney would be a guy that that team would not be intimidated. Meaning, if yeah. if Margot got hit, you're getting hit. Yeah, there's absolutely no doubt in my mind it would not fall at the feet of AJ Ellis or Perdomo or anybody else. There would be a mentality within any team managed by Mark Sweeney that if one of our guys gets dinged, yeah, um, somebody, and if you're not the guy to do it, okay, then we'll find somebody who is. Doesn't have to be like the guy who got sent down or released because he wouldn't hit somebody who wouldn't fight. Yeah, but um. I just I believe that I agree with that very much that if Mark was managing this team, there would never be any questions about that team's toughness. I agree with that. All right, I want to ask you something off the off the <laughs> talk of baseball? Kind of what would you do situation? All right, I was, I was I want to get your answers. What you, what you did there? It's happened to a friend of mine, and if you figure out which friend I'm talking about, name not, him. Do no, do not name. I him. will name because he's asked me not to name. Well, him. I'm going to name him. And I said I was going to bring this up, so I'm going to ask Jeff what he thinks. Okay. So a friend of mine's at home yesterday, okay? Afternoon, sun's starting to go down, just like you were talking about yep. your drive. Sunday night, he's going to get ready for work the next day. All of a sudden, a knock at his door. Oh, boy. And a buddy of his knocks on the, who comes in the door, completely smashed, drunk. Barely walk, okay? Jesus. Comes in and he goes, man, every time this guy comes over and he's drunk, he goes, when he goes to the bathroom, he pisses all over my bathroom floor. Yep. And I know it's coming. I don't want to let him in the house. 
shit, what am I going to do? So he lets him in the house, goes exactly that way. Guy asks for four more beers to put on top of whatever four he Four more? Four more. Within five minutes, four beers down. Walks in the I'm bathroom. shocked Hartman even had four <laughs> beers in the fridge for Costa to drink. <laughs> Walks right in the wall on the way to the bathroom. Holy shit. Sure enough. When he gets the guy out of the house, finally walks in. He goes, he doesn't think a drop made it in the toilet. The guy just pissed all over his bathroom floor. But now, this what hap- kind of guy comes over and just pisses on your floor? This, hap- this happens a lot, he says. Yeah. What do you do in that situation if the guy knocks on your door and you know, this motherfucker's going to come in and trash my house? Yeah, you don't open the door. You tell the guy, <laughs> oh, I would, I'd bury the guy on social media. I'd absolutely bury the guy on social media. What if the guy's not a social media guy? Yeah, well, somebody so knows easier. him on social media. Yeah, what an asshole! <laughs> With that guy, yeah, so, it's really not that tough. To You're the like, point when he finally gets the guy to the house, his wife says to him, "Did did you clean up the bathroom? Yeah, I cleaned it up. Was it as bad as we thought it was going to be?" And he's like, "Worse, worse than ever." What a bitch cleaning up some other guy's piss! For Christ's sake, get your shit together. <laughs> what you- do you do it like you grab like the dog? You drag him back to where you made the mistake. Look yeah, that's what you fucking did. Yeah, get in there. <laughs> I had so, I had someone you at my punch house. him really hard. Why does he keep coming over to piss at your house? I, I, I have no idea why he does it. This isn't my house. It's my buddy's house. I would tell yeah. you if it was my house. I did have someone come to my house on New Year's Eve a couple years ago, going to the bathroom, throw up all over the place, and saying, just so you know, I threw up a lot, but I got it all in the toilet. And sure enough, when we checked, they didn't get it all I over the toilet. I was here New Year's Eve. Who no, was this it? No, this was, this was a year before you were here. Oh, okay. This is a year you didn't make it. And sure enough, we had to say, guess what? You didn't get it all in the toilet. But we cleaned it up because we love you anyway. Um, it was my, a one-time thing. Uh, I covered for my kid yesterday because I said he didn't lose his shit. He actually did lose his shit. And he lost his shit on an adult lady at the park. <laughs> and this what was happened? really funny. Yeah. He got, uh, he got really mad because we're at Aztec Park. So I drop him off because... Um, I said, hey, I'm going to run to Starbucks and get an iced tea, but no reason for you to sit in this 10-minute yeah. line with me. I'll just drop you off at the park. I'll be right back. So I come back, and my son, Kate is all riled up again. I can't believe I forgot this. It happened like three hours ahead of time. Here's one for you in public. Okay. So he said uh, they're playing at Aztec Park, and the thing I like about that place in La Mesa is it's really clean. It's clean, and it's safe, and it's kids and families running around. So my sons are 10, right? He yeah. was ready to fight the chick at Wild Wings that he thought was disrespectful to me. Yeah. And now, again, yesterday, he's the, I don't know, I guess he's the park ranger because some <laughs> lady is out there yeah, and has a little kid at the park and the little kid's got to go to the bathroom and she goes, well, just go to the tree right there. So my son, Kate, goes, yeah. Kid runs right over to the tree and whips out his dingling and starts peeing on the tree. So he goes, I yelled at his mom, hey, the bathroom's right there. Yeah, literally right there. I've been there. The bathroom's right there. He yells at her. And she and he said she looked at me and goes, ah, it's okay. He's little. And Kate said, well, we play right there. I go, God damn. I said, I'm going to start crying. You're the greatest <laughs> kid ever. Yeah, he had no time. He goes, can you believe that? I'll piss. No. <laughs> you know, here's the deal. I'm always in favor of 
of standing up for yourself. I don't care what age you are. Yeah. You stand up for yourself. Don't get pushed around. Don't be a pushover. Yeah. The fact that he stood up for what was important to him, and I know exactly. I've been in that park a yeah. bunch of times. Your kid does climb that tree. I know yeah. exactly what you're talking yeah. about. He said uh, the little kid uh, was peeing on one of the trees right by the water yeah. fall, right by the water fountain. Yeah. Little kid. And the mom's like, ah, it's okay. He's little. Hey. I said to him, I go, you know yeah. what? Good for you. Yeah. Good for you. Everybody plays here at the park. <clears throat> Not like you're going to yeah. get hepatitis, but I go, yeah, it's fine. I go, were you, I said to him, were you rude? He goes, no, I just said there's a bathroom and we play right there. I go, I got no problem with that yeah, at all. Exactly. And I go, if she comes over here, the first thing I'm going to do yeah. is check her left hand to see if there's a ring on it. Do I need to <laughs> You know, I always, uh, as I always encourage my kids to speak up. I was told as a kid, I was so shy. I had trouble ordering yeah. in a restaurant and the whole deal. So my kids, I always make them talk to adults when they were young. You know, yeah. order your food. If, yep. you, if you sit down and you're missing your fork, you ask the waitress for a fork. I'm not going to ask for yeah, it. You're going to say sure. what, what you need, what you want. And they've always done a pretty good job. My younger son, who's who's 19 now, and he's trying to do comedy, and he does the, the whole stand-up deal. And so he... He gets up on stage and he knew one day the heckling's coming. You know, someone's going to sit there and try and heckle the guy on stage. Okay? The wrong kid to heckle. And so it is the wrong kid to heckle. So he starts trying to tell his joke and this guy is jumping in. Okay. <clears throat> and he follows up with, hey, while I'm up here entertaining, you're sitting on your fat ass trying to see how many fingers you can get in your ass. <laughs> he says to him. And I went, oh, fuck. You know, and the yeah. guy just stopped talking. And I was like, well, you ended it. You got your routine out, right? He goes, yeah. He goes, I don't know, did I cross the line? I go, no, I go, you didn't say anything totally yeah. offensive. I go, yeah. but you got it out. There's a guy who didn't have the balls to go up there and open a mic night and try and do his routine and said he just tried to ruin yours. You got yeah. three minutes and this guy's going to yeah. fuck it up for you. Good for you. Stand up for yourself. Yeah. He, yeah. Uh, he's very, Jake's very quick. Yeah, he's, he's quick. He's very quick and he's very funny. And he's also fucking plum loco that I love about him too. <laughs> he's fucking plum he loco. He's crazy. Now, what I would tell him, and I'll, I'll probably see him, is there are guys, if you're going to pick the brain, and there are guys there that he could pick the brain of, right? Yeah. Talk to the guys that have been there before. How do I handle it? How do I end it? Like for him, because he's so goddamn big, yeah. I would just look at that guy and just be like, take your shirt off and just start like cracking your neck and be like, what? Yeah. What'd you just say? That's yeah. what I worry about. Jake yeah, but, is so but big. do it like yeah. playing, like yeah. messing with the guy. I mean, yeah, Jake's 6'3", 300 pounds, and he's all tattooed out. And by yeah. the way, I didn't give any permission for any of his tattoos. He just did it. Sure. But Jake, as I say, looks like Matt fucking Slauson. He's he's like that size of like an NFL Brock center. looks like Brock Lesnar. Yeah, and he does like to to fight. If you could confrontation, he's the first one to throw a punch. That's my, always my fear. Don't get arrested. Yeah. But the fact that he used his words and didn't jump in the stands and do one of those like wrestling moves and just do a haymaker on a guest for He will, uh, yeah, I think he'll be great. Yeah. It's one of those things, it's reps. It comes with reps. The more reps he gets, the more comfortable yeah. he'll get, and he'll be able to do it. I, I love the fact that he has the balls to do that. Yeah, I can't believe it. Yeah, I so, love that fact. Yeah, that, Tuesday night, he'll be out there tomorrow. T today, he spent time and said he's going to drive up to L.A. and start working some of the clubs there. God, I, I love said, that. Hey, good for you. Chase your dream. Go yeah. ahead, chase it.
Uh, that'll be cool. What else was I going to goddamn tell you? It's something else. <laughs> uh, we'll be out at Kelly Comfort on Saturday night. I hope you'll all come out. We're not doing we're not doing a goddamn live podcast out there, okay? Can no, I just go out this and isn't hang about out? us. Yeah, we're going out to enjoy Sean and his family uh, and to su- support the great people at Cali Comfort. Yeah. Friday night, we told you, is the pint glass. Saturday night, they're going to have the barbecue, kind of the contest where all kinds of different things going on. Sunday, the VIP t-shirts is going to be cool. I just think it's great. This was the other thing I wanted to mention. Our pal Derek Dawson from the Gulls, who has supported this show and has been such a great friend to us. Uh, today, he and his wife welcomed a beautiful baby girl to, yeah, the, d- to the Dawson really cool. family. Uh, congratulations to Derek and his wife and, and Parker, uh, his little boy. Uh, just awesome, man. Stuff like that, yeah. it just uh, it fires me up. It makes it good. I'm sorry that it happened at a time that apparently One Direction may be done. <laughs> uh, but, Poor little girls will never know. But no, shit like that on social media, when yes. you see that stuff, right? That That's where, Dave, for me, Twitter works yeah. to its best, yeah. is stuff like that, where you go, God, this is just it's just exactly great right. and everybody jumping in wishing them congratulations yeah exactly right also uh, i, I want to mention because I'll, I'll know i'll forget and time's running short on this one but uh, obviously besides this i coach a lot of baseball coach high school ball coach yeah. travel ball i'm taking two groups to arizona for the usa championships all and right for one of the rare times i have a couple roster spots available so if you have a son that is 17 years old as of april 1st or younger and he can play with 17 year olds I'm interested in bringing them to Arizona for the USA Championships. This is great for pro and college scouts that will look at your kid. i got a bunch of kids that have played for me now that now play at San Diego State that are tearing it up, guys at USC, UCLA, Utah, you name it, all over the country, guys that have done extremely well, and it all started here at the USA Championships. 17 years old or 14 years old and younger. They have to be those ages or younger as of uh, April 1st. Um, we, I'm looking to bring a group of kids. If you're interested in getting your kids some exposure and they're good baseball players, please contact me. It's real easy. Dave P at California Bears Baseball Club dot com. You have too but, many fucking email. I got too many fucking email addresses. I got like five of them. But but uh, this is uh, this is a great opportunity for your kids to go ahead and, and get discovered. It's funny. I have Brett Boone, by the way, will join us um, coming up because we got you got great. sick and we need yep. to get Brett on. Didn't want to get we'll, him sick. we'll get Brett on. But I saw one of the coolest things I thought on on Twitter today. Brett put it out. It was his twin boys who are 13 years old hanging on the back of the cage at Yankee Stadium. No way. As uh, no way. Their uncle Aaron was getting ready to coach the Yankees, and it was just awesome to watch those guys watching Stanton and Judge take batting practice. And those kids are just. I mean, there's baseball kids. It'd be like your kids doing it that had a front row right there hanging on the back of the cage watching Yankee uh, baseball was awesome to watch. Uh, one quick restaurant note, Dave, just yeah. sent to me by uh, Sean Walchev. Man, a place where we were, we had our tribute to C.S. Keys. OGs right over here in yeah. Otay Ranch closed their doors. Closed it down. Why? I have no, I have no idea. Someone else said that today to me too. It was pretty run down when we were in and there so, that night. Yeah, they got but to, isn't that where the East Lake, where the Little League and everything That's had right. their thing? When uh, Parkview won and Park East Lake, View. and yeah, they all hosted there. I think even when Sweetwater was there, they all hosted right there. But it's in the same shopping center. You have In and Out. You have Denny's. There's a barbecue yeah. place. There's, and so yeah, I was kind of surprised that OJ is closed. Now, have they been out for a while? Do you know that? It just happened today. They just announced it today. They closed the doors today. Shit, man. Yeah. You know, it's funny. It was, uh, yeah, it's a drag because that place, I, I think, it, it was the only time I had been in there. But um, you would see all the families from down here that were gathering for, for the Little League guys. But to be in there that night, you, me, uh, Jim, Sean, yeah. 
uh, Michael Lamar, uh, paying tribute to CS. I always, I always liked it. And they, oh, they couldn't have been nicer to us. So I'm sorry. Right. What bothers me on that, and you never know, but you go, man, what happens to the staff? The restaurants have a big staff, and, and I hope for all those people, even though I don't know any of them personally, man, I hope you land on your feet. There's nothing worse than being laid off from a job. Absolutely. No, it's, uh, it was disappointing to see it close up. Anytime you see a business close up, you feel bad about it. Uh, don't forget, if you would like to advertise with the show, you can email us. Send an email to uh, Dave at Dave Palais at Yahoo or send it to me. Uh, Jeff Dots at the uh, JP Dots at the Yahoo.com and help if I knew my well, There goes OGs. Shit. Fuck. Well, we're in the mood for a pizza place now. Thanks, LT, you dick. <laughs> you fuck. <laughs> you bullshit artist. Uh, killed. OGs. Thanks a lot, you son of a bitch. <laughs> I don't see Michael Vick closed in restaurants. <laughs> Thanks, true. Sean Butler. Where's my chili? Like a dryer tray? Is my chili ready? Hey, hey. Hey, hey. Get some minced onion on that chili. That's uh, what I would do to Dave. Yeah. Because we hated it. John, John Butler. John Butler sounded like Andre the Giant. We hated John Butler so bad because he was such a dick. That Dave and I would just sit there in breaks, and I I determined that John made AJ Smith cook chili for him. So great! And I would just yell at Dave in the break. AJ, is the chili ready? AJ, no more onion, please. What'd you say, Ed? You little pipsqueak, <laughs> Ed McGuire. And that's all we would do. We'd just sit in there and do John Butler. Put some of the goddamn little toasted crackers in there, AJ. <laughs> All this shit. All he did. It's amazing. That's why people are like, like yesterday, I'm wearing a Charger <laughs> shirt around town. <laughs> you should do like Philandria. Just you, John Butler, and fucking Coach. Jack, yeah, Coach and uh, Marin Poway. Marin Poway. How great would that be? I got four mics right here. You could do it. I could do them all. <laughs> Just sit there. Yeah, me and David just be sitting there waiting to come back from a break. Oh, would you? Got me. Hey. Hey. Do I have a sun kiss in the refrigerator? <laughs> uh, let me tell you, there was not a bigger prick that ever walked this earth than John Butler, right? What a prick. The Steve Quiz, John Butler thing is one of my favorites of all time. I, I was dating. I always told oh, Quiz. Fuck. I was dating my wife at that time, and yeah. I, I, it's the closest, like, I lost a girlfriend at the Pablo Francisco concert <laughs> because, and I said that to him when he joined us in studio. Pablo, I'll start with that one okay. and then the quiz thing. Pablo Francisco is one of my favorite stand-up comedians. Yeah. And he came in studio um, and joined us at 1360. And shortly before the segment, i going out to get water or whatever, and I realized he's just sitting there by himself. Yeah. I think he did a hit on Kogo and KGB. And so I, I went over and I introduced myself, and I said to him, I said, you know, um, I lost a girlfriend at your show. And he goes, what? And Pablo does this bit of... Don LaFontaine, the movie guy, yeah, the voice guy in a world. And he did this. The movie was Little Tortilla Boy. 
and he was doing Arnold Schwarzenegger, Keanu Reeves, Don LaFontaine, and like three other voices. And it's so incredibly good. And I laughed so hard. Like the girl next to me was like, hey. And like, we didn't go out on any more dates. <laughs> I feel like I told this. So I'm, I'm I don't so remember sorry. this one. And he came in studio and he was like, oh my God, that's so funny. And I go, you know, I go, yeah. He goes, when was that? I go, oh shit, man. 15 years ago, whatever it's been. Because uh, I said it wasn't my wife. And so he comes in, and if you watch that shitty show that they do at Fox Sports San Diego, you're basically sitting at a table. Dave's to my left, I'm here, and Pablo Francisco, I can reach out and just pat his head. He's yeah. that close to me. And so he's talking about where he's going and things that are going. And Dave, I think you would agree. When we've had comedians um, in studio, Sebastian Maniscalco was another guy that when you are just... As a host, you're into it, yeah, and you just try to set them up and get the fuck out of the way. That's what I always said to them. Yeah. Look, we are not going to try to be the guy to hang with you or one-up you. Um, we just want to throw you softballs and get the fuck out of the way. Tell us what, you know, give me a lead exactly. in line, give me whatever you want, and we're just going to buff you out. So Pablo comes in, and he's um, just nice as could be, but he is looking directly at me from like a foot away and he goes uh yeah you know one of my favorite guys is uh you guys you're your radio guys is don lafontaine and i'm like oh no <laughs> i just said it on the air i was like oh no and he looked right at me yeah. from a foot away and did the bit directly for me and it fucking killed me again it fucking <laughs> killed me we're like i couldn't breathe i was just wheezing where you're like dude stop i just yeah. said to him on the air Please, stop. I have no control of my own show. I'm done. It's the greatest fucking bit. And that's the way I felt with Steve Quiz. Because I was at a Gulls game on a date with, uh, with who turned out to be my wife. John Butler had just passed away. Steve Quiz is walking around with his fucking dopey camera guy, Jeremy, who I love too. These two fucking <laughs> schlubs shuffling along. And I go... Uh, and goddamn, how about Butler dying? <laughs> and he goes, uh, Stevie Quiz, who's one of the more underrated guys locally, goes, I ever tell you my John Butler story? And I go, no. He said, well, me and this guy, him and Jeremy, are down at the queue. And he said, we're the last guys there. We're, we're shooting things, and everybody's cleared out. It's just me and Jeremy. And we go and we jump on the elevator. We're waiting for the elevator at like D2. Yeah. And, uh, you know, elevator, you guys know if you've ever taken the elevator at the queue, they take fucking forever. Yep. And all of a sudden the elevator comes down. Doors open up. There's not even a guy from Elite there anymore. It's just, <laughs> and uh, so Steve and Jeremy walk in. And as soon as they turn around facing out, here comes Butler and Dean. Yo, yo, get out, get out of there. So Butler kicks him out of the elevator. Yeah, get even, out even of though there's room for 30 in yeah. an elevator. Yeah. Yeah. So Steve's like, all right, what? You know, whatever, right? <laughs> if he they're had stayed with them, they wouldn't, they'd still be in that elevator. Yeah, they're working at KUSI, which backwards means I suck. <laughs> and uh, 
Steve said, as the elevator doors are closing, John Butler looks right at him, points a fat little finger at Steve and said, you know, I never liked you anyways. <laughs> and, uh, and Steve said to me, with a very deadpan expression, he said to me, and those were the last words John Butler ever said to me. And it fucking struck me so funny. It struck me so funny. I like I honestly couldn't breathe because I knew Butler was a dick. I yeah, knew I knew he was, was a dick. And Steve is like such a likable guy, but I guarantee Butler like, I'd like to punch that fucking little shit. <laughs> what do you think Dean said to John when the door shut? Dean, nothing, huh? Nothing. Didn't say a word. Nothing. Dean was afraid John yeah, didn't like him. He probably didn't. And uh, Dean, where's my chili? <laughs> Dean, God damn it. Can I, Dino, can I get a ladle, please? <laughs> I, uh, hey, uh, some of them little uh, oyster crackers. <laughs> I would like some of those. And I would like uh, three yoo-hoos, please. <laughs> Chilled, Ed. He's Chilled. never said please in his life. <laughs> Fuck you, I didn't. I said please all the time. You almost said, like Don Imus right there. I said, please, AJ, tie my shoes, please. <laughs> tie my shoes. What a cock that fucker was. <laughs> Sorry, man. Look, there'll be people when Dave's yeah, dead, when I'm dead, that are like, hey, I like those guys. They were cool to me. And there'll be other people that'll yeah. be like, they were dicks. Who gives a fuck? Exactly. Look, if you're an <laughs> asshole when you're alive, you're an asshole when you're dead. You don't become a saint when you're dead. No. And, and that was the point. That was an oh, organization fuck. that allowed people to act that way. Yeah. And that's why I've said I understand now how upset people are about that team leaving. But it's yep. why I had no emotion at all because that's the way that organization was. They were like that. John was just one guy like that. They had people throughout that they organization did. that acted, that treated people like that. And I know Steve Quiz probably deserved it, but there were a lot of people that did. <laughs> Uh, so if you want to advertise, don't forget jpdots at the yahoo.com, Dave Pelle at yahoo.com. Speaking of advertisers, I want to thank Blank and Travis right there over at Happy Plumbing. Look, 24-hour, seven-day-a-week service, Happy Plumbing. They're the guys you're going to need when you're going to need that water heater fixed. You're going to have problems with your pipes. All of a sudden, there are major problems. You don't know what direction to turn. Happyplumbing.com, easiest way to get a hold of them. A couple things you need to know. Upfront flat rate pricing, no travel charges, courteous, uniform professionals, licensed and insured. I don't mention this enough, but also don't forget about the free estimates and also discounts for senior citizens, teachers, and police officers. Blake and Travis doing great things in the community. Been in business for a long time. Happyplumbing.com, the number you need to have on your phone, 619-433-4943, 619-433-4943. Well, I said it tonight, driving through. Is there a goddamn, are we in Syria? Jesus Slamming doors and shit. God damn it. Didn't I just encourage this young man's future a second ago? Son of a gun. Straighten him out in a second. Look, yeah, you know it's coming. You fucking Amy Schumer fan, you. Uh, uh, I said today, Dave, driving through National City, that yeah. terrible smell. The entire city needs to call happy plumbing. But there is nothing worse, nothing more stressful than having plumbing issues, right? Yep. I mean, we've been through it with a main line. Oh, my God. And the damage that can be done. You're counting the dollar bills that you're going. You're going, oh, my God, there's gone. a major leak. And you're going, how much money is my water bill going to be? Yeah, well, water bill. But don't forget water bill, floors, drywall, anything else. Exactly. For me, when the slab leak happened, 
Uh, the entire guest bathroom had to be torn out. It was torn out. And here's the other thing I like about Happy Plumbing. The guys that did it at my house, yeah, it took them like four and a half months. I mean, really, seriously? It takes That's four and a half months to get it? Could have fixed the Staples Center faster. I could have built Jesus. Staples Center faster. <laughs> I think they built that LAFC stadium faster than they did that. So that's the thing that with Blake and Travis, it's going to be great. They're going to get the job done. They're going to get it done right. And more importantly, you're not going to be shut out of whatever you need for four and a half months waiting for it to get fixed. Happy, absolutely. Happyplumbing.com, easiest way to get in touch with them. Brian Curry. Brian Curry's oh, your yeah. guy. Man, I'm telling you, Brian Curry, you're learning the situation where you're looking for that new house. Jeff talks about it all the time. He probably thinks about Brian Curry about 20 times a day, thinking, I'm going to make that move. Brian, I'm going to call you. 619-251-1588. Been in business for a long time, 20 years in the business, selling real estate all over San Diego County. Brian is the only guy you should call. If you're looking to upgrade or if you're looking to sit there and downsize a little bit, Brian will put you in the best situation you can imagine. Yeah, I don't know that I think about Brian 20 times a day. It's a little creepy. What do you think about moving 20 times yes, a day? Then you're I thinking think about, about my, Brian. I think about my new living situation. I think about where I want to go. Look, it, it's funny because... I now get the chance to spend so much time with my sons, and I'm lucky doing that. And the thing that's been fun for me is incorporating them into the things that we find important. Yep. And for them, right now, they want to hang out for Masters Weekend. They want to have their own room, their own bathroom. Now they want a balcony where we can put a grill out there, right? There's yep. got to be basketball courts nearby. It's got to be safe. It's got to be somewhat close Tree to the school. Tree that's not pissed on. Yeah, some little kid whipping his fucking, uh, whipping his cost out, taking a leak, and uh, whipping his cilio up. And um, yeah, I mean, Dave, there's all kinds of things that all of a sudden you're looking at and you go, man, I got to take care of it. And I got to take care of it as a single dad. Uh, look, I, I, I will have other people's input, but the main input that it's going to come from is Brian. I will give him the checklist of things that I need. And, oh, yeah, by, uh, Brian, by the way, here's the price tag that I can afford monthly, and we'll work it out. Yep. Now, look, will I hit every one of those things on the checklist? Maybe not. But when I work with them, I feel like I, I truly do. I feel like it's a friend. I feel like we're working together. I feel like he has my best interest. He has my son's best interest at heart. And I think for any of you, whether you're selling, you're buying, uh, whatever you want to do, uh, that's it. Plus, man, the son of a bitch flew helicopters exactly. in Desert Storm. That is a badass, and a guy I'm proud to call a friend. And one of the things Brian says is, look, I was in the Navy, the military. We do things the right way. I pay attention to detail. Well, and there is a lot of military housing that's coming, and, and he's going to be a guy that's going to look out for you and understands what that life is like. Military relocation. Yep. Um, if you're happening to uh, – if you have friends or family that are relocating to San Diego because of the military – he really does for any group, whether it's Coast Guard, Marines, whoever could be coming here, Navy. Uh, yeah, for sure. Give Brian a call. Don't forget experiencing sales from Oceanside, Imperial Beach, Escondido, Chula Vista. I swear all to God, if you say well. that again, I'm going to slam your face into that. And stop to, uh, encouraging people to go down there. <laughs> I'll stay away from it. Brian Curry Real Estate.com. People look that drive IB, they have broken sewers <laughs> as little trees hanging from their car. <laughs> Brian's got a family. I'm not sending him down there, and I'm not sending my friend Jake Ballet down there either. <laughs> I don't care if they have open mic night. I will not do it. And the dad, you never were. Brand I new sponsor it. to the show. Brand new. <laughs> dad, I never was. What? 
Brand new sponsor to the show. He joined the show yesterday. Taylor Made Pool, 619-449-4452. Man, I always wanted that pool. Alan's a guy will be calling. Let me get one of those infinity pools. Yeah. 619-449-4452. 20 years in San Diego. Taylor Made Pools made just for you. New construction, commercial or residential, full remodels, commercial, residential, new equipment and repairs, pool resurfacing, insulation. You know what goes into a pool and you know what great pools look like. Those boring pools, that's not what Alan does. Alan has the best pools going. Taylor Made Pools, 619-449-4452. Yeah, don't get that pool that Ben and uh, Woods got at Costco. With the little pictures of Finding Nemo in it, you put nine <laughs> gallons of cold water in you call it a party. Look, this is not something that I talk a lot about, but I think it matters here. Of course, yes, I will be moving. And I think a lot of you have heard that I will be moving in with Chris Jenner. Yes, that's what I've heard. The only way I'll be able to move in with Chris Jenner, she said, look, I will move in. And I'll bring all my hot daughters, every one of them. Yes. Kanye? Ah. Yeah, probably for Masters weekend. But I will not come down there without a pool. And yes. I called Dave and I said, we have got to find a way to get tailor-made pools on the show. And we found a way to happen. So we will have the first infinity pool in La Mesa, thanks to Alan. Chris Perfect. will be happy. I'll be happy. Jordana, Megan, and all the rest of the Jenner girls will be happy. Uh, yeah, it'll be awesome. No, I, one thing I owe Alan an apology Okay, because yesterday we did a very heartfelt, warm endorsement. And I made mention of the fact that you could build a grotto like the one where Vera hung out with the great Jimmy Conn. Yes. That apparently was false information. <laughs> she hung out there with the great Jimmy Garner, <laughs> not Jimmy Conn. So my apologies to Jimmy Kahn, the late James Garner. Yes. That's where she hung out. Um, I had friends. Weren't you always jealous of the people that had the pool in the always, backyard? Always. And he always tried to get over to their house. He was like, come on, man. Inv- invite us all over. Let's go. You have the pool. But but it used to just be the basic pool yeah. that you would see at any cheap motel. Yeah, right. Right? Yeah. Like and one now, of those days in pools. Yeah. Yeah. And now, well, that's great. We'll probably get sued by days in. Thanks. <laughs> Wonderful place to stay if you're traveling. Um, But now, Dave, it's funny. Like, the grill has changed. Yeah. The pools have changed. That's why I love having Taylor made with us, because Alan is going to come in and is going to design the perfect pool for your backyard. It really is. I mean, they're works of art. Yeah. And when you see them, and, and we talked about this yesterday, all joking aside, I love the idea that you can get the 3D imaging to show you, hey, this is what you're going to want. Because, yeah, it may be a little grotto. It may be the slide. It could be the waterfall. Man, they are going to do it. And it's going to be so much different than the backyard pool that we remember as a kid. And, heck, yeah, if, if you had the ability to have a backyard, and why why screw around, especially feels like every day in San Diego, it's getting a little hotter it is. than it was last year at this time or five years at this time. Why not just be like, dude, I love it. It's 104 degrees, but I've got that perfect pool that Alan built for us. Hey, there have these cool pools. I don't know if you've ever seen those, those volleyball pools. Have you seen oh, those yeah. Just for volleyball. I mean, again, Alan will do the pool the way you want. Saltwater technology is the way to go right now. All those former playmates need somewhere to go because exactly. Hef is dead. <laughs> That's a good point. Worried about the chicks and OGs. Worried about Hef's girls. No shit. So what are you dicking around for? Take that trust fund. 
right? Take your wife's pension money yeah. and build yourself a pool, and then guess what you're doing? You know what you're going to be doing once Alan's done building the pool? You're going to have to get that big March Madness thing, and you're going to be doing the chicken fight brackets. <laughs> well, I've got Lonnie Chin, and Dave's got Jeannie Pepper. This is going to be a heck of a matchup coming up Thursday afternoon at the pool. We'll have Jake working the grill. Absolutely. Waterfalls, grotto slides, just like Jeff just said. Don't forget, make your backyard a staycation. Alan Taylor's your guy. It's Taylor and May Pools, 619-449-4452. And you can also follow him on Twitter, at TaylorMadePool. It's a good time to remind everybody, don't pee in the pool. Don't, <laughs> don't pee in the pool, that's right. Um, that's it. OG's that's it. is dead. All right, Saturday we'll be over at Cali Comfort. Yeah, we'll be at Cali we'll be Comfort. Uh, what time? Five o'clock. Know what he said? That's what it said. Well, I'm supposed to be there. Five o'clock. Yeah, he loves running you over there early. Yeah, well, what the fuck? I don't yeah. mind being there at five. It's funny that he said that. He said to me, because I need you here at four. I go, what time is Jeff getting there? Six. What the fuck's going on? <laughs> All right. I just roll in. Uh, it's going to be great. I'm trying to think. It felt like there was something else going on, but I can't think of what it is. And next week, we'll try and get Brett Boone on again. We'll talk some baseball. I look forward to that. Brett Boone will be great. Um, where is... Uh, there's stand-up comedy. Where are you going tomorrow, Jake? Stand-up comedy. American Comedy Club. Go see my man, Jake, tomorrow night, Tuesday night, American Comedy Club. One of my favorite guys. And I'll tell you this. Do yourself a fucking favor. You sit there and you keep your little fucking trap shut. You, you <laughs> clap and you laugh. But don't try to be funnier than the guy at the microphone because, number one, He'll come down, and fucking scramble you like an egg. He's already gonna, <clears throat> he's already gonna leave with your chick. You know that's gonna happen. But at least lose like a man with dignity. Don't lose minus your front tooth. <laughs> there you go. All right. All right, we'll talk to you guys next week. 